the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Take 
God is so beautiful. To see his hand moving in awesome power. But you can miss it. You can miss it. Because he will pull back his hand and he will not move in power in some situations where we have initiated on our own what we want. Today is about pulling back our hand and letting God have free reign to do the beautiful work of redemption in your heart and in your life that he wants to do. Oh, but, but pastor, if I don't go and start this business, who's going to? No one, as long as you're working on it. But if you'll let God start it, he'll do it. There's a story in the scripture that I have always loved, but it's always made me tremble with fear because God's hands are all over this. And he does things that are spectacular. I don't understand why he does all he does. But he does it with grandeur, with power, with authority, and with love and compassion. The story is the story of, of Esther. I'm not going to look at this story so much as what happened in the physical realm as much as I want to look at what happened in the realm of the spirit that then controlled and changed totally the physical realm. I want you to hear me today. The physical realm is totally under the power and control of this beautiful God that we serve. He is awesome. There is no end to his power. If you're feeling today disappointed or you're feeling today like God has not been there for you, stop and read the story of Esther. And then say, wait a minute. Maybe I should have waited on God to see what he wanted to accomplish and what he wanted to do. See, this is not a story about Queen Esther and Mordecai. Oh, it is, but it's not. It's a story about what God was accomplishing in a much bigger picture than either of them could even begin to imagine. God identifies his enemies. And then he works in his way and his time to eliminate them. To kill them. To get them out of the picture. So that they no longer interfere with what he wants to accomplish. Don't be impatient in your heart today. Don't be disappointed in God. 
know that he loves you. And if you'll let him, he'll work out the very best for you. King Xerxes was ruling over the entire then-known world. And he did a 180-day banquet. And another banquet for the common people. It was in the beautiful garden of Xerxes, a garden that had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pilings. Woohoo! It was gorgeous! In that place, everyone was allowed to drink whatever they wanted. It was an open bar. The wine was being poured. Queen Vashti also gave a great banquet. And on the seventh day of of the banquet, this is the second banquet, Xerxes is in very high spirits because the banquet has gone so well. People have been so complimentary. The wine has flowed freely. In other words, he's drunk. And in this condition, he wanted to show off Vashti. She was a beautiful woman. He had a child by her. He did not have a child by by Queen Esther. So Vashti is ordered to show up with her royal crown and to display to the people her incredible beauty, for she was lovely to look at. Some historians claim that he ordered Vashti to show up without clothes on, just her crown. That's something that Xerxes would do. She refused to come, and the king became increasingly angry. No one was allowed to say no to Xerxes. So he he chose his closest advisors and said, okay, what do we do with this woman who's refusing a command from the king? We can't allow this to continue. Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the king's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. was a a male issue. We want to be respected. So they came up with this law and the law written by the king sealed with his signet ring could not be reversed. This was the this was the edict 
that he made. If it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. When the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. Well, what we don't see behind the scenes is that God's hand is moving. He turned the king's heart against his queen because he needed to replace that queen with another one, a godly one. Later, when King Xerxes' passion and fury have burned out and he's missing Vashti, they propose, his attendants propose, that he do a search through all of his provinces, through all of his land, and bring in beautiful young women, place them in the harem, in the citadel of Susa. And so the king's eunuch arranged for this to be done, and they were swept up in a dragnet and placed in the harem. That's not a place where a, a godly woman would like to be. But she had no choice, and what she didn't know is that it was God's hand that was making it happen. Things may happen in your life, and you say, why is this happening to me? Well, one of the reasons could be that God wanted it to happen to you. Now, another reason could be you have sinned against Almighty God and his judgment hand is against you. Or he has simply withdrawn his spirit and turned you over to the demonic powers to do whatever they want to do with you. And they may want to prosper you until they kill you. You see, there is a very real spiritual presence that rules over this earth. It is a demonic presence ruled by Satan himself and it is the Lord God of heaven. And you have to ask questions and have discernment and understand, why is this happening to me? Is this God's will or the devil's will? It takes a man or woman who prays to understand what's happening in their life. But even if you do not understand what's happening in your life, the safe position is to flee quickly to the Lord, ensure that you have a clean heart before him, that there is nothing that Satan can get a hold of and accuse you of before Almighty God's throne. You need to be clear that you're washed in the blood of Jesus. And that now whatever happens to you, you put in the hands of Jesus. If it looks like the devil has taken you under, no, your faith is in Jesus. 
You don't hesitate. You go right to Jesus with what's happening and you put it in his hands. And you say, Lord, if this is you, thank you. Now work out what's best. If this is the devil, rebuke him now in the name of Jesus and set me free. But whatever happens, I'm going to trust you. You see, there's a, there's a safety hiding place. Let me tell you about it. I break my leg. Now I know that when my leg got broken, I was not where I needed to be with Jesus. I knew that I was on a roll. It was Ray's attitude. It was Ray's pride. And when I broke my leg, the Lord simply said, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Okay. That means I don't go to a doctor. I wait on the Lord. He's doing something here. I knew God was involved in it. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to repent of my pride. I'm going to repent of my arrogance. I'm going to humble my heart before Almighty God. It took some time for me to accomplish what I needed to accomplish to get this attitude turned around and changed. See, when things happen in your life, it's for a reason. Nothing happens by chance. It's for a reason. Okay, God needs to humble my heart. I don't like the way he chose to let it happen. I'm not saying he broke my leg. I'm saying I broke my leg, but I don't like the way it happened. I fell downstairs. But no matter how it happened, in the midst of that, I know one thing for absolute certainty, and that is I can trust God because he is so beautiful and so loving, so kind. He'll forgive me for my pride. He'll forgive me for my sin. He'll wipe away my transgression. And I'll wait on him. Sometimes it takes much waiting on God to deal with with physical pain. We wait on him. So no matter what is happening right now in your life, in your marriage, in your job, no matter what's happening, you have a position that you can take that is a safe position. And that is, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. And I cast myself upon you. And I'm not going to do anything to change what's happening. I'm going to wait on you to change it, Lord. I'm going to wait on you to change what's happening in my life that's bringing such pain and misery. I, I trust you, Jesus. So the edict goes out by horseback. 
citadel of Susa is puzzled by all of this. It doesn't make any sense to them. So people are talking. But now Mordecai is desperately concerned for his niece that he has raised because her parents were lost. And every day he goes and he sits in the center of gossip where he can hear everything going on, where the attendants and the workers and everybody comes and they're talking and and he's listening because that information will direct his prayer life for Esther. Oh, he is praying for Esther. He is crying out for Esther. Now, when they're brought into this harem, they're given 12 months of beauty treatments, six months of oil and myrrh, and six with perfumes. And then when they're called, they go to see the king for a night. If the king is pleased with the woman, he can call her back if he calls her by name. Now, when it was her turn to go, the head of the harem, Hegal, he gave her exactly what he wanted her to wear. She did everything he instructed. And we're told in Esther, the second chapter, you see, it was God's hand that moved to give the head of the harem favor for this young woman. There were a lot of young women there, very beautiful women. Now, the king was attracted, verse 17, to Esther more than to any of the other women. She won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Ashtai. And then the king gave another great banquet, Esther's banquet. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces. He distributed gifts with royal liberality. She's established as the queen. And Mordecai now is regularly continuing to go to the king's gate. He wants to know what's happening to his little Esther. Somewhere during this period of time, two of the king's officials became bitterly angry with with the king, Xerxes, and they determined to assassinate him. Immediately, Queen Esther told Mordecai, no, I'm sorry, Mordecai found out what was happening, and he told Queen Esther, and she immediately reported this to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. 
when they investigated the report, they found that, yes, in fact, these two men had secretly planned to, to off the king. And it was recorded in the book of Annals that he had saved the king's life. And the two officials were impaled. That's how they killed, executed. They impaled people. Well, after this had all taken place, King Xerxes honored Haman, an Agai, hated by God. He was elevated to the highest seat of honor with the king. He was drinking buddies with the king. And when he'd go in to see the king or he'd come out, all of the king's officials had been ordered to kneel and show honor and respect to Haman. But Mordecai would not kneel down. He would not honor this wicked man who was a bitter enemy of Israel. He just stood. The royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's command? And day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. They told Haman about it to see whether or not Mordecai's behavior would be acceptable. He was a Jew. He was enraged. And after learning who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all of his Jew people throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. You know, it's really a warning. Don't speak against Jewish people. Even if you think they deserve to be spoken against, do not speak against the Jewish people. For they hold a special place with the Lord God of heaven. Remember Jesus is Jewish. Many peoples have risen up and they've tried to destroy the Jewish people. Hitler was one of them and many others and many today are trying to destroy. And I hear newscasters say, if the Jewish people don't do this, if Israel doesn't do that, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to lose no, they're not. God's eye is on them. Now, you can say whatever you want to say. God's eye is on them. And part of what I'm trying to communicate with you today is that God is moving behind the scenes, arranging what is happening. Everything in the end is going to be according to his will. So shut your mouth. And don't speak against the Jewish people. 
you think you have some inner knowledge, some wisdom about the Jew, be quiet. You don't want to speak against the living God of heaven because he has more power than you do. I love the Jewish people. I love Jerusalem. I visited several years ago Jerusalem by God's grace. We landed at the Ben-Gurion airport. We went then into Galilee. We went to the Sea of Galilee and took the boat ride and had time to pray and worship out on, on the lake. And then I had the privilege of going with four or five others. And we went to the old city of Jerusalem. And I just want to tell you quickly, I'm not going to take a lot of time. But as soon as I arrived in Jerusalem, I wanted to kneel down and kiss the ground because suddenly I felt so at home. This was Jesus' city. It will always be through eternity the city of Jesus. The new Jerusalem is coming. The old Jerusalem is going to be burned and cleaned out. But I tell you, when I got on that ground, I knew I was on holy ground. God's eyes are always on Jerusalem. Be careful what you say about it. Be careful what you do. I felt at home. So here we see Mordecai laying the groundwork to destroy all the Jews in one day to have them all executed, destroyed, annihilated, young and old, women, children. Mordecai knows he's got to get to Esther. He gets to Esther. And he says, Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Yes, you did come to this position for now to deal with God's bitter enemy. God has plans to take this wicked man out. And God has set up an elaborate trap. Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or, or three nights. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. It was against the law for anybody to go without being called into the presence of the king. And she's saying, let's fast and pray. And I'll go into the presence of the king. After that time of preparation, the king is sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. 
and he sees Queen Esther dressed in all of her beauty, enhanced by the spirit of the living God. He was very pleased, and he held out to her the golden scepter that was in his hand. Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter, and the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is it you request? Even up to half of the kingdom, it will be given to you. Whoa! Only God could have put that kind of love in his heart. I'm telling you, God is operating in the background of your life. And if you will allow God his full pleasure, listen. Romans, the eighth chapter. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That's what I was saying to you earlier. This is Romans, the eighth chapter. We wait for what we don't have. There are promises that God made me when I was a young boy. I haven't seen those promises fulfilled. I've worked as hard as I could to fulfill them myself, and I was unable to. I recognize that God's hand has for years blocked those promises from coming to pass because he did not want me in any manner to imagine that those promises were fulfilled in my life by my strength and by my power and by my talent. No, not at all. He didn't tell me those secrets of the kingdom for me to go work hard. That's why he said to me, I'll do more in one day than you've done in your whole life. He wanted me to wait on him. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted my life to go the way I wanted it to go. And he said, no, it's not going to. And so he's put his hand in front of me. It's been like a prison And during these years, he's taught me to humble my heart, to trust him, to wait upon him, to love him with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind. He's taught me not to sin against him. I have, I have sinned against him. But he said to me, I've forgiven all of your sins. He wants me to walk clean before him. He wants me to walk with humility before him. And so I come and talk about this on the radio because he wants the same thing from you. 
He wants you to walk humbly before him. And he wants you to to allow him to work as he chooses in the background of your life, in the background of your family's life. You're not going to understand everything that's happening. I lost my precious wife to cancer. I thought she'd walk with me all the way to the end. But no, he knew that he needed to take her. And then he blocked me. I overruled. I married someone I should not have married. Oh, she was supposed to be a Christian. But God took her, moved her out of my life. She left. She divorced. Broke my heart. Stole the Lord's money. And then he brought me the wife I need now in my life. Sovereignly, by grace, without my lifting a hand, without my doing one thing, he brought her. I'm learning. God moves sovereignly in the life of the person who loves him. There are men who've been in my life who've argued with what God was doing. God simply removed them. They're gone. They're not in my life anymore. They did not know the will of the Almighty. They knew their will. They had their wisdom. God removed them. Listen. In the same way, this is verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And I have been weak. But he makes us strong by the experiences we have. He, he brings us through. It's planned. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Let the Holy Spirit intercede for you. Don't fight against what's happening. Be at peace. Have joy. Patience. Verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The Lord has called me. I pray he's called you also. 
we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. If you love the Lord God of heaven, he will intercede for you according to his purpose. This is what happened to Queen Esther. She didn't become queen by her natural beauty. She became queen because God, in his wisdom, needed her to be in a certain place in order to accomplish a certain work for the deliverance of his people and the destruction of the enemies of the Jewish people. The mighty hand of God calls and moves according to his purpose. Our place is submission and humility. A contrite heart. Lord, have your way. Accomplish what you desire. Stop fighting against the circumstances of your life. Stop fighting against people. God knows how to remove people if he needs to remove them to accomplish his purpose in your life. On one side, it's terrifying to know that. On the other side, it is most joyous to know that. We're not out here operating in shark-infested waters on our own. We're taken through the waters by the mighty God of heaven. He knows what he needs to accomplish to prepare you to accomplish his purpose. And through all of that, if you love him, just trust what he's doing. You don't understand it. Okay, I don't either. I don't either. But you know what? I don't need to understand right now. I need to obey. I need to be patient. I need to be filled with joy. I need to walk with him. I praise God for that. Now let's take a few minutes at the end of this broadcast to pray. Lord, there are many today who are struggling with what's happening in their life. They don't understand it. It's painful. Friends are leaving. People are cutting them off. They're losing money. Lord, all kinds of things happen, and it's very painful for us, and it's life-threatening to us. And we're saying, God, don't you, don't you see this? Oh, yes, God sees it. Lord, give us the courage to trust you and know that all things work together for good for those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Lord, you've called me according to your purpose. You've called my brother and sister according to your purpose. It looks like it's a dead end. It looks like it's hopeless. It looks like everything is over. But, oh, my God, I know nothing is over. I know it's just starting. I pray today for each man and woman who is suffering physically. I pray for each man and woman who things are not working out according to what they want. 
Lord, give them the courage to give up what they want and want what you want. Lord, I don't want what I wanted at one point in my life. I now surrender all things into your hands. I surrender my future. I surrender the hope and the dream. I give all of that into your hand. For you are working out all things according to your purpose. For the good of those who love you. And I love you so I know it's for my good. Praise and honor and glory belong unto Jesus my Savior. Thank you, Lord. I wait upon you, Lord. (laughs) I wait upon you, Lord Jesus. In the midst of a very painful time, I wait upon you, Jesus, knowing that you're working it all out. And I praise you and honor your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. I'm going to continue this tomorrow and see how God brings all this to a conclusion. It's an exciting conclusion. I want to know what's happening in your life, too. Many of you have kind of disappeared recently. I don't know where you are, but I'm trusting Jesus. Lord, you know each person who needs to listen to this broadcast. And you know each person who's been called to help fund this broadcast. And Lord, right now it looks like a lot of people just disappeared and the giving is way down. And Lord, I've just given that to you. I trust you. I know you'll you'll move in the hearts of men and women to give as you have called them to give. Lord, thank you. I know you'll also move with healing in the life of that person who is suffering. And I come in agreement with them and ask Jesus, if it would be according to your will, would you raise them up now? If they have suffered, I ask for your healing. If they're discouraged, I ask for your courage. If they're frustrated and angry, I ask that you give them understanding and peace in the midst of their frustration and anger. If they're cynical or bitter, I ask that you would remove that cynicism and that bitterness. I ask that you would give them a new heart, a new mind, a new understanding. Lord, I ask that you would cause love to flood their hearts. I ask, Lord, for your mercy for them. And Lord, for this broadcast, I just put it all in your hands. (laughs) And I praise you and worship you. And I ask that this broadcast would accomplish 
the purpose for which you called it into existence. I ask that your anointing would be upon the word spoken. And I know that many, after the broadcast goes off the air, will come back and listen to it. I ask that you would multiply to the thousands those who listen to this word coming from the heart of our beautiful God. Lord, thank you. I praise and honor and glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, you've been listening today to Pilgrim's Progress. Are you making progress? I pray you are. I pray you're making rapid progress toward waiting before God and trusting his work in your life. Just as you see how God moved in such power in Esther's life, I want, I want God to move also in your life in power. So I pray this has been helpful to you, that your heart, you will allow hope to spring up in your heart. Endurance, patience, let kindness rule. And watch what God will do for you. We serve a God of mighty miracles. Don't become consumed in trying to do this on your own, but cast it all into the hands of Jesus. You're trying to gain someone's favor? Stop. Let God gain their favor for you, or let him wash them out and bring someone else. Trust him. Now, why am I being so insistent today about trusting him? Because so many people that I talk to are frustrated and angry and hopeless and they don't trust God. You got to trust him. You put your confidence in him. You say, Lord, you're the ruler. It's your will not my will. And I will rejoice in your will, oh my God, because you are the beautiful God of heaven and earth. You are the beautiful God of creation. Nothing is too hard for you. And back in the background where I can't even hear it, you're moving, bringing about your purpose and your will opening doors, closing doors, arranging for the people you want in my life in the future. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just want to pray about that. Lord, I know you're bringing together people where I can't see or hear. And I know in that place, you will use them to bring about your glory. I know that you're removing all the enemies, all of those who would be against what you're going to bring about in revival. You're removing them. You're sealing their lips. 
Lord, thank you. Let your glory show forth through this broadcast. Let people come to listen and learn and trust you. Lord, thank you. Mighty, mighty, mighty is your name. And I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This is a three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.